Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton, the host and founder of Man Talks. This podcast brings together some of the best thought leaders, teachers, and extraordinary individuals to help teach and mentor you on how to be a top performer in life, love, and business. Joining me today is Cameron Brown, who is the founder of Thriving Collective. Uh, Cameron lives at the intersection of creativity and technology. He's a world traveler. He speaks to audiences around the globe on how we as human beings can thrive in an accelerating digital world. And what Cameron's how you know what really sets Cameron apart uh, is that instead of just speaking about it, he actually shows how it's done, which we're going to talk about on this episode today. All right, he just completed an 18-month project across four continents showing how the purposeful use of technology can speed up and magnify your creativity, innovation, and impact. This resulted in internationally speaking engagements, well over a million organic video views, delivering the closing talk at Italy's largest TEDx event and becoming a National Geographic Explorer. His latest project, again, challenged what's possible, working with more than 80 strangers from around 40 countries around the world to create a video to inspire and change the world. So uh, this is going to be a really interesting conversation. We, we dive into a few different topics. We, we, we actually talk about uh, how to be a high performer in the digital age, and we dive into how to leverage technology properly, some of the pitfalls uh, that, that come along with technology, where some people are going wrong. And, and then how to actually leverage, not, not so much from a, a financial perspective, but from a connection perspective, how to actually leverage technology in very innovative and connective ways to think outside the box. And Cameron actually provides a bit of a methodology that people can use. Uh, and he breaks down how he created this, this project uh, where he brought together 80 people from over 40 countries that he hadn't known before. He, they're all complete strangers to him. And, uh, and they all came together to produce this, to this project where they basically uh, filmed and recorded themselves either playing an instrument for this song that Cameron had wrote. And all of it, it gets, gets combined to create this in, incredible video, which he then uh, performed at the TEDx in Italy. So really inspiring and engaging conversation about technology and integration. So I'm going to bring him on here in a second. Just a quick reminder to all the guys that are out there, head on over to Facebook, join the Man Talks community. Uh, we've got some incredible conversations going on in there, weekly challenges going on in there. Uh, and for the guys that want to dive a little bit deeper, you can either check out and working with me one-on-one. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have a men's weekend coming up soon. Uh, so stay tuned for details on that because I had a lot of guys reach out and say, look, I'd love to come in and do a men's weekend. So we're going to have that coming out later this year. Uh, and uh, check out the Man Talks Alliance. We just closed the the last group, but you can definitely check that out for the future as we will be reopening uh, the Man Talks Alliance in the future and making some changes for that. So stay tuned on that front. So without any further delay, please welcome Mr. Cameron Brown. Connor, great to be here, dude. Yeah, man. Look, it's it's been a while. Like I think you've I've been following your journey since I had you back or since I had you on the show. Man, I, I guess that was. 
probably about nine months ago, 10 months ago. And, uh, and it looks like you've been up to some absolutely incredible things. So why don't you just give us a little debrief about what has been going on in the, in the infamous life of the National Geographic Explorer, Cameron Brown. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been crazy, crazy nine months, man. Um, you know, it's, uh, I went to further countries around the world as part of a project after selling everything that I owned um, in late 2016. So that ended up being to 10 countries across four continents. There were speaking engagements across those, uh, across those four continents, which was amazing. Um, as you mentioned, became a National Geographic Explorer earlier this year, which is phenomenal. I'll be heading back to Colombia in 2019 for that, which is, uh, which is going to be quite remarkable. Um, and yeah, the big one, I, I just returned from delivering the, the closing talk at, at Italy's largest TEDx event, which was a pretty cool thing, man. I, I, it's the first trip to Europe. So I, I love that uh, the first time over there was to deliver a, to deliver a big talk like that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, Europe is such a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, I've been there countless times in in my past career. Tell us about the project, because one of the things, uh, you know, the one of the guys on my on my team, Ansar, who who kind of puts together and produces the podcast, uh, you know, reached back out and he was like, look, we got to have him back on. We got to talk about this It's an amazing project. And, and so tell us a little bit about the talk that you gave and the project that you put together, because you were you were the closing speaker at Italy's largest TEDx event. And I'm curious how the heck, first off, how the heck did you even land that? Because <laughs> you're not Italian, clearly. So how did you how did you come across that? How did you get that opportunity? Yeah, not not Italian, never been to Italy. And uh, yeah, first time <laughs> over there. So that's, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a real testament to the to the the stuff that I talk about about the power of relationships. Um, that's how it came to be. I I put together a a, a strategy to um, build relationships with people that were running different uh, TEDx or TED events um, around the world um, a couple of years ago, and uh, and built those relationships with the with the with the desire to serve in the best way that I can, knowing that I wanted to be on a on a big stage because of the the type of uh, project that I wanted to wanted to really uh, put forward. And so yeah, that that relationship came. Uh, it was a relationship that I've been building for for a long time. And beautiful thing is, uh, you know, the the organizer reached out, said, "Hey, we're doing this. Uh, this is the theme. Uh, do you want to put something forward?" Uh, we jumped on the phone, had a chat, and uh, that was it. I was uh, I was in. So. Uh, didn't really didn't have to go through any of the application processes that uh, people normally go through, um, and I think that's again that that comes down to the power of relationships that and and the speed at which you can build relationships through the use of technology because that was that was all done through LinkedIn. So yeah, that's that's how it how it came to be. It's um yeah I I, I love that uh, I've been able to build relationships with people from around the world that are doing amazing things and uh, and allowing us to to do amazing things together. So. The talk itself, uh, I, I gave a talk on the surprising power of curiosity and how when we blend that with modern technology, we can speed up and magnify our creativity, our innovation and our impact in the world. And again, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in showing how it's done versus just talking about it. Um, so while I already had plenty of uh ways that I could show that from the last 18 months of traveling all over the world and um, and being able to uh, achieve all of the things that have been achieved through that project. I, I really wanted to hone in and, and deliver a specific project for this talk. Um, so in the lead up to it, I, I secretly worked with uh, more than 80 people from 40 countries around the world. We created a music video to one of the songs that I wrote while traveling last year. Uh, we had people record the audio and then head out into a location in their country 
uh, that represented where they were. Uh, we had people record in front of rivers and mountains and castles and ruins and all these other crazy locations on violins and flutes and drums and bass and uh, Middle Eastern instruments. And uh, it was just really remarkable from that point of view. Um, countries like Jordan and Macedonia, Japan, South Korea, you know, Venezuela and all these other uh, amazing countries around the world. Um, and we pulled that all together into a, an animated split screen video that played on the big screen while I played the song during the talk live on stage on a grand piano. So it was a, a pretty remarkable thing to do. We also transported, for my part in the video itself, uh, transported a grand piano to a place called Garden of the Gods in Colorado uh, at sunrise. It's this massive red rock formation with mountains off in the distance. Uh, so we had a commercial drone videographer for that, um, as well as close-up video, and pulled that all together into this beautiful story that, uh, yeah, showcased everybody that was involved. So it was a, a pretty pretty cool way to to showcase again this power of curiosity because you know that uh, showcasing that. Uh, curiosity is about creating space and for something to be created there needs to be space for it to be created into um, and so it started on that journey of, of how do we create that space uh, guide our curiosity and then use technology to speed up the process because the beautiful thing about this project is every single person involved every relationship was built through digital technology and everybody that was in the video I've never met them before and not only never met them before, but before this project, never knew they even existed. So um, that was just to really demonstrate the, the speed at which technology can magnify our impact in the world uh, because that took four months to do and I can't even begin to imagine how, how long that would have taken to do if uh, technology wasn't there, let alone the, the emissions that would have been created from traveling and uh, the thousands of hours that would have been required to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, it's, it is really impressive to see some of the ways in which technology is, is really expanding our ability to connect with people. And, you know, last year, and I've given, a, I've given a talk a couple of times about how human connection is the ultimate currency. And it's the thing that we're all searching for at the end of the day. It's what we, it's what we spend our money on. It's what we trade our time for. You know, it really is about human connection. And technology has had this interesting impact on our ability to connect with people where we can, we can, seem to be connected to them, but maybe we're not leveraging those connections properly. So I, I would love totally. for you to just kind of dive into, because I think this is an important topic, whether, you know, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you're a professional, regardless, whether you're a parent, I mean, that's so important to know how, how kids are now connecting through social media. So let's just, let's just put a pin in right here and sort of pause and dive into this, because I think this is important. And I would love for you to unpack some of the impacts and, and some of the benefits that you saw come out of this project because pulling that many people together you've never met through the power of technology um, what were some of the outcomes that you that you saw from this project yeah it's i mean it's a great question i think the the deep dive as well into into that of how we're in such a connected world but many people are feeling more disconnected there's something to be said for that which we can cover as well if we've got time uh, and in terms of the, I mean, from an outcome point of view, it was uh, one, just remarkable to to work with people from different religions, different belief systems, different genders, different uh, places around the world geographically. Um, so one of the biggest realizations that I've had is that at the end of the day, people really do want to be a part of something meaningful. Uh, they want to be a part of something greater than themselves. And we truly have the opportunity to do that in ways that even until recently simply wouldn't have been possible. 
you know, so that that's a you know, it was a massive uh, understanding from my point of view. Um, there's been a lot of media that's that, that's been covered. Um, you know, it's been featured on uh, the the music video actually came out and was released just last week. Uh, so we had TV coverage here in in Colorado where where the uh, the filming was done in the Garden of the Gods. There's uh, been a lot of different radio uh, interviews as well as print interviews. So um, that's been an amazing you know some amazing outcomes from a a business point of view as well. A lot of friends. I mean, the, especially the mixing engineer and the video editor. Um, oh, I mean, I, they're, they're the two people I've spent more time with over the last four months than anybody else, right? You know, we've, we've been in the trenches uh, building this out and, and, and turning this into something truly remarkable um, where, yeah, they're, they're, two, they're two great friends now and they're people that we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch with for, for a long time to come. So that, from a connection point of view there, um, has been just truly remarkable. So... Um, yeah, they're just some of the, I guess, from a personal and a and a and a business point of view, and yet being able to deliver that to the to the audience at TEDx when they didn't even know it was going to be happening was a was a pretty cool experience in itself. So, um, but yeah, to to your point about the people connecting and uh, and that being the ultimate currency of, of of people being able to connect in in new and innovative ways, but at the same time. Um, it, it is creating a sea of disconnection in a lot of cases. You see some of the early studies coming out showing the increase of depression, anxiety, um, lower levels of empathy, increases of narcissism, uh, cases of narcissism. Like these areas, uh, and this is what I have, have come to understand, is that if we're not comfortable with our own thoughts, if we're not uh, valuing our own worth, if we don't feel whole and complete internally, technology will just speed up and magnify that. Just as technology can speed up and magnify the impact we can make in the world, it can also speed up and magnify the rate at which we don't feel good enough, in the rate at which we feel rejected, the rate at which we don't feel loved or respected or a sense of belonging in the world. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we have going right now. Uh, we're only just starting to see the, uh, the representation of that in the world today, both in business and in personal lives, that if we don't solve those challenges, we're going to be seeing some pretty dramatic challenges uh, in in the years to come in the form of inability to connect, inability to empathize, uh, inability to solve the the challenges. Because the the beautiful thing about technology is it speeds up the way at which we can uh, solve challenges because there's an increased ability there to do so. But with that comes an increased number of and level of stimuli that if your unconscious beliefs are, I don't feel good enough, then the amount of stimuli that are there to say and reinforce that belief increases. And all of a sudden, we've got a recipe for uh, what can be the greatest uh, resolution of the challenges that we're facing in the fastest rate possible, but it can also lead in the other direction as well. And so I think this is you know, teaching and understanding how to understand our own behaviors, emotional intelligence, understanding who we are, how we, how we behave, why we behave that way, and how to do something about it is, is incredibly, incredibly important as we're going to continue being exposed to these technologies that are growing at a rapid rate. And I mean, I'm sure you'd agree that we haven't even begun to see the changes that are coming. Uh, It's only going to speed up even faster. And if we're not teaching that in schools, how to understand why these are happening and why these patterns of behavior are playing out and how we can do something about it, both in schools and in workplaces within business and within entrepreneurship, there are going to be some severe challenges as a result of that. It's like I said, I believe it's one of the biggest challenges we're going to be faced with in the years to come. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the biggest things that I, that I see is that people, 
it's so easy to victimize and villainize within technology, right? Like these, Mm -hmm. these platforms really become these uh, magnifying glasses and these accelerators of our internal systems. And, and so, like you said, I think one of the things that you really, that you really touched on that's, that's so important to know is that, you know, social media is just going to magnify how you feel internally, you know, and, and, you know, whether you're putting really positive content out there and you're like just trying to spread all that love, but you feel hollow inside even when you do it, it's going to, you know, it's going to magnify that. Or, you know, if you're one of those people that is really trying to create some form of connection in their life and they're trying to get that through social media and trying to fill that void, it's, it's going to amplify that. And so there is a certain amount of social responsibility. And I think the challenge comes you know, when a lot of these social platforms are really at the end of the day, they're businesses and they're yep. being used for for profit. And so the, the challenge with that is then all of these social platforms are, are now being built in such a way for strictly monetization. And while I think we need to be conscious of the fact that while they are presenting as, oh, this is such a great way to, for you to build community and connection that at the end of the day, they are businesses and that they're products. We're using products. It's no different than using your iPhone, which is a product, or buying a hat, which is a product. It is, it's a product that is a tool, which is supposed to represent connection. Um, and for some people, it's not actually doing that. So, But I love, just to kind of pull it back to your project, I love the fact that you're talking about how to leverage the power of these platforms for I don't want to say social good, but but for curiosity, for real genuine connection to help people have an impact, which is one of the most important things for millennials that they're looking for is to have an impact in a very real and tangible way. So how do you see technology shaping the way that people leverage these platforms to have that impact? Yeah, this is so good. This is this is such a great, great way to go with this this conversation. Um, because, uh, like you mentioned, uh, the, these platforms are for-profit companies. Uh, for-profit companies are looking to generate more profit, right? Uh, so while there does need to be some level of responsibility from the companies, and that's coming out now to showcase, you know, I think one of one of Google's latest uh, pieces with their phones is when you put your phone down and face it downward towards the table, um, it goes into complete shutdown mode. Um, which allows then you to be completely connected with the person that you're connected with. So I think there, there's going to be um, innovations like that within these products and services as we continue to show that that's required if they're going to keep our business. But it, the other part is that we've, we've got to take responsibility for this. Um, at the end of the day, these are tools. And uh, if we're not conscious about how we're utilizing these tools, then unconsciously, those tools will use us. And that's really important to understand uh, because mm-hmm. there are there is addictive qualities to these tools. Uh, there is that dopamine hit that a lot of uh, media is talking about right now. The reason why a dopamine hit is so effective is when you don't have that dopamine hit coming anywhere else. That's what becomes really addictive because you haven't got alternatives as to the way in which you become fulfilled. At the end of the day, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for fulfillment. We're looking to make an impact in the world. And if we haven't got multiple ways in which to do that, we look often for the easiest way to do that, which in this case is you know, checking the social media feed, looking for a like, looking for a comment, looking for a share. What that's creating is it's creating the need for external validation. 
And if I need external validation to know that I'm enough, then I'm going to uh, manipulate my own self and my own sense of being in order to fit into what will get that validation. And that can create a leading to uh, a form of disconnection from self, let alone other people, but a disconnection from self as to who I am and why I exist and what, how I can belong in this world. So I think the first, first and foremost, it's about understanding how can I utilize these tools in a way that allows me to still maintain my sense of self. And a big part of that, again, comes back to emotional intelligence and understanding why it is that I'm feeling this way. What are the patterns going on here? And how can I do something about that? Um, just earlier this year, I decided uh, because uh, I, I, even though I have been doing this for years and I speak and I coach on it, I've still got to be conscious on this stuff. I've still got to be conscious on it. And so at the start of this year, I, I removed all the notifications from my phone. Because I knew that that was a part that was, uh, it was an addictive quality. When I saw a notification, I would go and check it. So instead, I choose to when to be notified versus something choosing to notify me. Um, mm -hmm. And that works really well. It's an outstanding way to go. Other ways of creating space, of creating times where you're free of technology. I only had this on Sunday after, you know, what was an intense period of time of having to be completely connected to technology with this project. Um, I had a, a, what I call a tech and time free day. Uh, where I go completely technology-free. Not only that, I go completely time-free as well. And I'm just completely free of anything that, of, of where I need to be or how I need to be in a situation. I'm just able to do whatever I choose to do in that moment. Um, and it's a beautiful way, again, to recharge. Um, float tanks is another way. This is a way of making an impact in your own life, first and foremost. Then we'll get to the, uh, the, the external world in a moment. Um, so internal is making sure that you're able to continue to replenish your energy because as we're exposed to new and ever-increasing level of stimuli in the world, it becomes ever-increasingly important to replenish your energy in a sustainable way. Otherwise, burnout can happen really easily because we're being exposed to that increasing level of stimuli. And so having those tools, having those resources available to you and knowing what those are so that when that comes up because it will come up because you are being continually exposed to new external environments through technology. And so being conscious about when that, when that plays out, I say, hey, I notice that this is happening right now. I notice what is happening with this pattern of behavior. And here's what I'm going to do instead. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go and do yoga. I'm going to go and have a nap. I'm going to go and do a float tank. I'm going to have a tech-free day today or a tech-free hour or, or three hours to allow myself to know that I'm the one that's controlling this situation rather than external environments controlling me. Yeah. That's really important. That's that's so powerful. And I think, you know, one of some of those things I've really implemented over like the last year and have seen some huge changes. I mean, there's uh, the guy that just took over the chapter in Vancouver, the Mantox chapter, Andy Zaremba. Mm -hmm. He actually runs something called Float House uh, in Vancouver, BC, and they've got multiple uh, float tank locations. And it that that was one of the best regiments, just like getting into the tank, not having anything else, but just, you know, letting go of the senses and having having some time to like recharge my own battery. You know, that's so, so powerful. Turning off all the notifications on my device. I've turned off all the notifications from Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And I mean, it's been absolutely incredible to see where my attention actually resides in those moments. And the just like those little 
uh, dopamine hits. It's like, oh, you know, I, I don't need to go onto Twitter right now or Instagram. Well, what am I going to do with this time and space? You know, like maybe I should just sit here and meditate for two minutes or five minutes rather than scrolling through Reddit endlessly. And the the interesting thing is that I've noticed an, an incredible increase in my productivity because yes. usually, and I, I hear so many people doing this where they're like, oh, I just need to relax. I just want to relax. And then they and then they proceed to sit on their phone scrolling through Facebook and scrolling through Instagram or Reddit or whatever their social media of choice is. And I'm like, that's not restful, you know, like <laughs> that's not, that's not actually giving your brain and your eyes and your mind a, a chance to relax. So, you know, I think putting these stop gaps in place, uh, I've also seen some of the people turn grayscale on on their phones, their phones black and white with no color. And, and some studies have actually shown that that will decrease uh, the likelihood that you will want to spend time on it and it'll decrease the likelihood that you'll want to check it, which is, it's something so simple that, that we can implement. So, all right. So let's, let's shift gears into, into using this as a, as a force for impact. Now that we've kind of talked about how to uncouple ourselves and, and sort of get the best out of ourselves in those moments. And, and actually maybe before we move on, can you just speak to, the the benefits of putting some of these procedures and routines in place of being able to get the most out of your technology rather than it getting the most out of you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a couple of just a couple of key points. I think one you mentioned uh, just there is the increase of productivity. Um, is you are doing the things that are allowing you to get the outcomes you're wanting versus yeah doing things that are meaningless tasks like scrolling through the feed, for example, over and over and over again. Uh, so increase of productivity is one big one. Increase, and I, I think this is really, really cool to understand, is is the increased perception of control. Now, you're not controlling everything in the in the universe, uh, but what you're wanting is you're wanting to have a level of certainty, which then allows you to play in the unknown, in the things that are outside of your comfort zone. Um, once you've got that level of certainty taken care of, where you feel that you are in control of the things that you are using, and you're able to do that, that, that there is such a... a um, how do I how do I say it? It's, it's it, there. There is this increased level of certainty, this increased level of knowingness that no matter what I'm exposed to, I can handle it. No matter what I'm exposed to, nothing's taking advantage of me. I'm choosing how I'm choosing to respond in these situations rather than things influencing my decision making process. Um, so I think that that is a massive one um, because that that level of certainty that you get from that, that level of confidence that you get from that, that level of knowing that no matter what I'm exposed to, um, I can handle this situation. Um, that's a really really cool benefit as well. So I'd say yeah, they're they're just a couple of a couple of key insights. And and yeah, in terms of being able to make that impact now externally, the way I see it is, and and this is why I look at it. Uh, it's, it's similar, similar things that I mentioned in the, in the talk, in, in a TEDx talk, which is on this surprising power of curiosity. To me, it's about uh, uncovering this space. You know, for something to be created, there needs to be space for it to be created into. And when we realize that, this is, and this uh, I guess third point from what we were talking about before, is when you create that space, you allow space to be, for things to be created through you. And I, I've understood this for a while now. And I think any creative person on the call uh, tuning in uh, is, uh, is, will realize and understand this is that when I try to write a new song, I'm really bad at it. Like I suck. But when I give myself the space and allow that music to be written through me, magic happens. And it's this co-creation that's going on with the universe that allows that magic to happen. You, are, you look at any 
creative process that any of those geniuses of of our of you know recent times uh there's this there's this ability for that creation to happen through them and and you'll see that in the stories that they share as to how they were able to do it um so that the creating that space is is incredibly important and that's another extremely important part of getting rid of some of these things out of your life to be able to create that space for that creativity to flow through you and so i i see it as creating that space first and foremost then guiding your curiosity here's the thing uh Childlike curiosity is is great, and I I liken it to childlike curiosity because it's a nice way of of looking at it, a nice playfulness to it. But childlike curiosity on its own is is kind of dumb. It's you know I'll put this in my mouth and I'll do this, and it's like there's there's no real strategy behind that curiosity. But if you can guide that curiosity through what I see is is empowering questions, and empowering language, and curious language, and curious and curious uh, tonality. And all of a sudden, we're able to guide our curiosity in the direction that you're wanting it to go. Let's use this as an example of uh, what are the emotions that I'm wanting to experience as a result of moving forward with this area of my life or my area of my business. And let's say for somebody, it's about love. You know, let's just use that as an, as an example. Let's say it's within a relationship. Uh, so the question becomes, well, I wonder how I could experience more love in this relationship. I wonder how I could experience more love in my friendships. I wonder how I could experience more love in the in the the way in which I approach life on a day to day basis. Notice those two words. I wonder. That starts the mind thinking about and goes into the sea of possibility about all the things that you don't know yet, because the solutions to the challenges that you're facing right now is in the unknown. If it was in the known, everything that you already know, you would have already solved it, right? We're not we're not stupid beings. And so having an understanding that this sea of curiosity, opening up to this curiosity is what allows that universal connection to flow through you. It allows those ideas to pop into your mind. And the more that we can open up to that, what I found is that curiosity then feeds on itself. And you know, you'll come up with an idea and all of a sudden, and then another idea will flow from that. Oh, I could do this. Oh, I could do this as well. Once you've then gotten this into this space of curiosity and been able to brainstorm and dream up all of the ways in which you could experience those emotions that we're wanting to experience, because that's at the end of the day what we're wanting, there are core values. There's the things that we're wanting to experience. It's not the things that we're doing next. It's how we want to feel next. Yeah. When you get clear on how you could actually experience those emotions next, then we can go about uncovering why. This is what I'm actually going to action. Because curiosity on its own is shiny thing syndrome. It's, oh, I could do this. Oh, I'm going to go do this for a while now. And oh, oh, now I could do this and nothing gets done. You're not productive. You're extremely low, low in productivity. But when we blend this together and start bringing this together and go, well, how could I utilize these technologies to make that greater impact? All of a sudden, you're able to do it in a ways that you wouldn't have otherwise seen were possible based on the current limits that you have on yourself. And I use this within my own personal example. When I went on this journey, this 18-month journey around the world, I sold everything that I owned. Uh, I had an idea as to what I was wanting to experience. I, I wanted to be able to show people that the power of technology. I wanted to be able to show people the power of curiosity, the ability to build relationships around the world, uh, no matter where you were. But the, in the emotions that I was wanting to experience, it was about freedom, about adventure, about fun and laughter and, and, and happiness and making an impact in the world. 
And so as I was traveling around the world, especially each country that I went to, I made it a, a, a first thing that I would do in each country that I would move to. I wonder how I can make an even greater impact. And then as I you know, achieved well over a million organic views of the videos, it's like, I wonder how I can make an even greater impact. I wonder how I could experience even more freedom. I wonder how I could have even more adventure. And so there was you know, crazy adventures like bungee jumping and zip lining and out in these other crazy locations in the jungle uh, to making a greater impact, to creating these short films that, that then led to a National Geographic Explorer. I had no intention of becoming an explorer to begin with. I didn't even really know one existed in terms of National Geographic uh, when I first started out. But that was the power of curiosity that then led to that, that then led to the TEDx talk, that then led to speaking on that, to that then led to working with people from 40 countries around the world. Again, no intention of doing that to begin with. It was simply, I wonder if I could have a piano on stage on a TEDx stage somewhere around the world. To then being, well, I wonder if I could like somehow show how people could be involved by you know, having people involved from different places around the world where I haven't even met them yet. And then that happened. To then going, hang on, I wonder if we could have play people from all over the world and have them record in these crazy locations. And that happened. And then it was, well, I wonder if I could have uh, like take a grand piano out into nature and, and piece that all together and like have a drone flying over. Uh, that's how we could utilize technology to take it to a whole nother level as to a whole nother level than what we could have just done manually. And that happened as well. And it happened pretty rapidly because once you're in, I find once you're in alignment with your mission, once you're in alignment with your values, once you have clarity as to the vision that you've got that you're wanting to bring to fruition, things can happen really rapidly, especially when you open up that space, give yourself the space to dream up ideas, guide your curiosity, and then use technology to magnify the impact. I didn't have technology on me when I was dreaming up that space. Technology was a way. I had a piece of paper and a pen and plenty of space to be able to create that, uh, that dream. Then came the technology later, and that magnification process happened beautifully, magically. And it, but it's, it's that process, that step-by-step process, I find, works extremely well um, of utilizing this sense of creativity and our, what, what makes us human, our human potential, and then coupling that with technology to magnify our impact in ways that we just simply couldn't have done even just a few years ago. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. And, you know, I think just, just jumping into that point right there is, is just being able to identify, you know, the fact that there is, it starts with your curiosity. You know, it's, it starts with your vision, you creating a vision of, of what you, uh, what you could potentially do, what possibility you want to create in the world. And I think that that, that question is so powerful because oftentimes, especially as entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs actually just look at existing models and platforms and they say, well, with, based on this existing format, what could I create? And that, that's a very narrow view because all of a sudden your, your creativity is, is stifled based on the platform that you're looking at. So if you're wondering how can I connect people via Facebook, that's going to limit, limit how you can actually create a project or, uh, you know, or a group or whatever that looks like. And so being able to remove the platform and just simply ask yourself the question of what would I ideally like to create? And then seeing what tools, how, how technology can, can sort of, uh, couple that. It's such a different experience because all of a sudden you're not, 
you're, you're not limited to one platform or another or having to do it a very specific way. There's, there's so many options that you can bring into it. So one of the, one of the other things that, that I want to dive into with you, Cameron, is, is really around this idea of being a high-performing human in a, in a digital world. And, and I think it's such an interesting conversation because and I think we've touched on it a little bit about removing some of the technology and, and actually getting back into what Cal Newport would, would refer to as deep work, which is like one of the most downloaded podcast episodes that, that, that I've done. Um, but, but this idea of being a high performing human in a digital world, I would love to dive into that and just kind of talk about how we actually do that. Cause we talk a lot about high performance on this show and I'm curious to just get your perspective. Let's, let's just start with the 30,000 foot view. What does that look like from your perspective? Yeah. From, I mean, from my perspective, it's, it's what, what allows us as human beings to, to thrive. And it comes down to the, the pieces around courage, about curiosity, about creativity, the things that are not going to be automated, uh, very easily. Uh, what are, what are those, what are those skill sets that we need to be developing around emotional intelligence to then be able to, like you mentioned about a digital world, to then be able to couple with the stuff that can automate, that can, that we can, uh, outsource, whether it's robots, artificial intelligence, uh, drones, other crazy stuff that's out there. Um, augmented reality. I'm really looking forward to that in the future. Um, utilizing that in, in the talks that I deliver. Um, so the, I think the, to be a high performing human in a digital world is the ability to adapt to change extremely rapidly, which is your ability to know yourself, know why you exist know what the strengths that you have are that are separate from technology that will never be out or maybe never be able to be automated or will be a long way down the track. And hopefully by then, then we'll be able to adapt even further. But that ability to adapt is incredibly, incredibly valuable because the amount of time that it takes to adapt, if it takes a longer period of time, that's just wasted energy from what it could have been, which means that you're going to be lower performing, lower in productivity. So that's what I'd say is that that combination of, of those, knowing and understanding what skill sets to develop as a human being that aren't going to be automated in the short term, that you can develop that will allow you to maximize the potential of technology. So in some ways, if like if you're an entrepreneur, being able to look at some of the latest technologies that are coming out and how to integrate them into your business from an automation standpoint is going to... Like, is, is the end goal really about freeing yourself up to do this sort of uh, in-person relationship building, human connection work that, that only you can do? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a big part of it. Um, you know, it, it's about, yes, it's about freeing up, but it's also about how can I utilize these tools, these, uh, these technologies to magnify the impact that I'm making in the world? And so really, it should be just as uh, we talked about earlier about how technology can magnify who we are internally, uh, which can lead to a sense of disconnection and a sense of feeling not good enough. The opposite can be true as well. So once we've got this sense of, right, this is my purpose. This is the mission that I have for myself. These are the emotions that I'm wanting to experience on a consistent basis. This is the, the type of impact that I'm wanting to make in the world. This is the legacy that I'm wanting to leave on this planet. Then we can go about how can I utilize technology to enhance that of myself rather than what is happening in a lot of cases right now, which is 
I don't know my purpose. I, I'm unsure of my worth. I don't know of the legacy I want to leave. I'm going to use technology and other external sources, by the way. This isn't just technology. It's food. It's dysfunctional relationships. It's other areas of our lives. And I'm going to use that external stimuli to fill that internal void. And it seemingly looks like you're still using the technology for the same reasons, but at a core level, it's completely opposite. And that'll lead to much lower performance, much lower fulfillment. And it's going to increase, as we mentioned before, about the um, depression, anxiety, and other areas of, of mental challenges that are going on, uh, increase of stress as well um, in, our, in our lives uh, versus the way that we can use it, which is, as I mentioned, en- enhancing who we already are rather than replacing something we think don't, doesn't exist internally. Nice. And, and I'm curious, like, what do you say to the people who consider themselves to be high performers, but see technology, maybe not so much technology, but social platforms specifically as something that is not useful? Uh, like, I, I think that for most companies, they know now that that technology is here to stay, that things like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, that that they need to adapt and adopt it very, very quickly and rapidly. But I still see a lot of yeah. of people that, especially in the in the corporate space, that don't see the value of of especially social platforms. So how would you address those types of high performers that are still resistant to them? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, social media is just a tool. Tech, you know, different technologies are just tools. Um, some will work better for people than others. At the end of the day, it comes down to, well, what's the outcome you're wanting to experience? Where are you at right now? And how can you get there in the most effective way possible? And it's about uncovering, right, how can we adapt to change in the, in the best way possible to allow ourselves to move forward and grow and evolve as fast as we humanly possibly can? Because, and I remember one of the great, great things that one of my mentors said once um, years ago now, uh, which was the quality of your life will be in direct correlation with the amount of uncertainty you can handle. I love that so much because what that basically says is the, the quality of your life and the amount of growth you will go through is dependent on the amount of time you spend outside of your comfort zone. And if people are holding on to the way they've always done things, if that's working for them and they continue to get kick-ass results and they can see that it's going to continue getting kick-ass results for the next five to 10 years, then rock on. But you only have to look at some of the organizations that have fallen flat on their faces because they've said, this is the way we've always done things. Therefore, we're going to continue doing that. And then someone comes through in the industry, disrupts it, and just absolutely smashes them out of the park. That's what's going to continue happening at a rapid rate, at an increasingly rapid Mm -hmm. rate. So I think one of the greatest assets that an organization can develop, whether that's in the corporate world or whether that's in the, the entrepreneur world or small to medium and large, large scale businesses, it's, it's how the adaptability to change is one of the most valuable things that we can develop because the ability to adapt to that change is the ability to stay outside of our comfort zone, to the ability to continue to grow and evolve, the ability to continue to utilize technologies that come into the marketplace that allow us to achieve the outcome we were shooting for much faster. So, you know, if you look at a high performer who's not utilizing the tools that are available to get there faster, that's not high performing, right? That's staying stuck. So that's what I'd say to those guys. Nice. Yeah. And I think it's it's so interesting, right? Because just like technology can help you expand exponentially, it can also be the exact same thing that that creates you being obsolete very quickly. <laughs> and so... Totally. And, 
And it's only going to happen even faster, man. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And so I'm curious to get your perspective on, you know, the sort of like moral compass, because, you know, I see a lot of these influencers that are popping up. I can't remember the, the, the person's name, but somebody sent me this the other day. It was like a 12-year-old girl that has like, you know, a million and a half followers on YouTube and, and basically her parents just give her money to like do these really crazy and outlandish videos. And, and it seems that it seems like, like, you know, generations below us are starting to use these platforms. It, it has nothing to do with building any sort of like credibility. It's just complete ridiculousness. And it seems that entertainment seems to be sometimes being manipulated and used in, in a way that that is not I don't want to say negative, but it's sort of appealing to people's egos in this very, very real way. And so how how do we start to safeguard? Because I think a lot of people are hesitant to lean into using social media in its fullest capacity because they see they see people like that who are just like such a I, I don't want to say like they're like a social media turnoff, you know, like you see it and you're just like, oh, like I never want to be that person. I never want to be that person that's like throwing money around and standing in front of Bentleys and shit like that being like, look how much money I made on like, you know, like, like the, the like the Ty Lopez kind of like standing in front of my bookshelf with my Lamborghini in my garage being like, I made millions off of you, you know, selling you online programs yeah. and let me show you how to do that. So yeah. like. So how how do we start to how do we start to embrace embrace tech in a way that is like not damaging to morality because I feel like in some ways it is it is seen by so many people as like the degradation of of humanity and so what safeguards what rules what structure do you see as being helpful to allow people to maximize their potential with technology, with technological platforms, while still not not adhering to morality, but making sure that they they're uplifting humanity rather than you know stagnating it or dragging it into like the cesspool. Yeah, I mean, there's such a, such a great way to go. Uh, this uh, you, you've got to look at why people are utilizing these platforms. In a lot of cases, it is external validation. And the moment that that, that occurs is the moment that uh, the, it's, a, it's, a never, it, it's a never ending cycle. Um, you know, you'll get the external validation for a small amount of time and it's empty. And all of a sudden you've got to go back again and again and again and again. The way I see it is that we've got to up level as a species in terms of our thinking. Uh, it's it's got to become, uh, and this this has got to be taught in schools as well as within um, within workplaces within our us as adults. Is how am I utilizing these technologies to enhance humanity and to solve some of our world's greatest challenges? Uh, because until we really look at how we are doing those two things, uh, I believe we're not really living up to our potential for one, and also. I believe that the, the faster that technology could speed up the rate at which we screw things up as a species on this planet, which you know, facts are showing that we're already a, a long way on doing that. And if we don't create and become better stewards of our planet, uh, there's only going to be a certain amount of time before it, it's going to be too late from that point of view. Now, I, for one, I am very optimistic about this because I believe we can turn this around and we, we, we can turn this around faster than we've ever been able to before. But it is going to take for, for a, a much higher level of emotional intelligence uh, to be able to shift this. 
And I think that starts in schools, dude. I think that starts in schools. Um, whether this is, becomes a compulsory subject or, uh, or is integrated into some subject that's already there, but teaching kids, this is why I feel this way. This is why bullying occurs. This is the pattern that's playing out right now. Somebody is overpowering me, therefore I'm being underpowered, which means if I change my thinking, if I change my pattern, then I can remove this pattern out of my life. I notice that I'm experiencing this external validation. This is the reason why I'm doing that. And these are the things that I can do instead. So I think emotional intelligence is and has to be compulsory in some way, shape or form within the schooling system if we're going to shift this because um, that's the next generation of people that are utilizing these tools and utilizing them at an, at an increasingly rapid rate. And like I said, the, the studies are coming through, especially within school kids, um, of, of increase of depression, of increase of anxiety, increase or a decrease of, of empathy and ability to show empathy. And that's, again, it's only going to continue increasing, which means that if we don't learn how to utilize these technologies in a way that is purposeful, that is actually solving our world's greatest challenges, which then like beautifully allows us to have more meaning in our lives, which is what we're all looking for, right? You just, we said at the start of the, the start of the call, like millennials especially are looking for that to make an impact, to have meaning. And yet the way in which we're utilizing the technologies is taking us in the exact opposite direction. So that. true. So true, man. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I was reading a study the other day that, that said something, it was, it was like 89 or 90% of three-year-olds use iPads or, you know, tablets on a regular basis. And I was, I was blown away by that. That's in the United States. So like, just, just to give some context to that, like, think about if you went, if you have kids and you went to your child's, your three-year-old, you brought them to daycare and there's a hundred kids in there, 90 of them are using iPads or cell phones on a regular basis. And, and the challenge with that is that studies have really shown, like we're talking about high performance. Now we're talking about, you know, raising high performing children and not, not necessarily in the sense of like, you know, they, they're going to be like straight A's and crushing it in sports and like these, these machines, but really, really helping to raise these like socially adaptable kids in the future. And, and so much of the research is showing that before the age of five, that's where socialization is so, so, so important. And so it's, it's imperative that, that these kids in that age start to learn how to connect and go through conflict with other kids. But because of technology, they don't have to do that now. You know, like they get in an argument with their brother or sibling, yeah. si sibling and, and a conflict arises and they're just given a tablet instead of actually being taught how to resolve that conflict. So to your point that emotional intelligence is, is just not simply being uh, executed on properly. Whereas, you know, you look at corporate environments. I worked at Apple and, and they actually utilize technology for emotional intelligence training where they have programs that are delivered yeah. through technology to help help people understand conflict resolution skills and negotiation skills and and actually building in i think this is the really important part building in moments where people uh in the programs actually have to go and connect with real people so they have to learn something and then go and actually execute that with their colleagues or uh, you know with customers or consumers or whatever that looks like and so i think it really is to kind of come back to this it really is about connection but it's also about the integration it's not about technology for technology's sake it is still about how we use this technology and bring ourselves back to a space of connecting with other human beings 
Yeah, love that. Love that. Totally agree. It's uh, how, how do we utilize these technologies in a way that enhances the connection, um, that deepens the connection versus the way that, as you mentioned, a, a lot of people are using it right now, which is creating a, a sea of shallow connections and the exact opposite to what we're actually wanting to experience in this lifetime, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're we're almost out of time. So I just wanted to ask one last question around, you know, a, a best practice that you've found uh, and, and something that you've seen a lot of high performers implement. We talked about a few things before of how we can optimize and get the most out of ourselves with our technology. But I was hoping that you could just share, you know, maybe maybe a few more things that you've found that can potentially support people in their journey of being high performers with technology involved. With technology involved, I, I, I mean, it's, we, I mean, it's kind of with and without technology involved is, is creating that time free of technology to make sure that then when you are using technology, it's, it's as effective as possible. So get technology out of your bedroom, uh, especially when you're going to sleep. Um, have technology free time um, that'll allow you to be higher performing when you're actually utilizing the technologies. Look at the social platforms that you are uh, going to be using and use them more purposefully about this is the outcome that we're shooting for with this in my business. Um, these are the social platforms we're going to use. For me personally, LinkedIn is an outstanding tool. I still use and have thousands of followers on, on the other platforms, but LinkedIn specifically is outstanding for building quality relationships with specific people um, doing outstanding things in the world. So LinkedIn, I, I would absolutely learn how to build relationships through that platform as well. The, the final thing I would say as well is Learn how to influence and inspire people through text um, because your ability to do that through a message is your ability to possibly get that meeting with somebody. If you were using LinkedIn, for example, um, building a relationship through them through messaging, um, all of a sudden you're able to move them through to a conversation, uh, which is where you can have a real world conversation. That's the final thing I mentioned. Like take it. Build it online, but take it offline as soon as you can. So true. And I, I think the word that I would emphasize in there is conversation. Like I have so many people reach out to me through LinkedIn specifically. It's one of the reasons why I have avoided really getting to know how to use it properly. I have so many people that reach out to me and it's not a conversation. It's a pitch. You know, it's like, I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Like, this is not what this platform is. You know, if you want to get to know me or what I do, or if there's a way that I can support you, like, I don't mind having that type of conversation or, you know, like figure out something that I'm interested in and, and let's have that dialogue or share something that you're interested in and let's have that dialogue. Because for me, it's like, yeah. to give me the human connection piece. Don't try and sell me a product because, you know, that, that for oh, me just way. never, 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 never works. And I have so many people reach out to me that I that I don't even really know. They're like, hey, let me speak on your stage. And I'm like, hey, I don't know who you are. Why would I put you in front of 1,500 people? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, or like... This, this, this is, I, I totally, totally agree, man. Like LinkedIn right now, um, and this is why I believe it's a massive opportunity. It's because it's like walking into a networking room and everybody sucks at networking. And you waltz in and you're pretty good and you show that you're actually there to connect and serve and be of service and give and give of value, then you know, the, the, the types of people, the beautiful, amazingly remarkable people from all over the world now that I have the pleasure of calling colleagues, friends, uh, strategic relationships, clients, all of the above uh, is, is truly remarkable, but it's come from having a servant's heart 
um, and it's not pitching to begin with. It goes in with absolute curiosity about how you can be of service, how you can give free without expectation, knowing you'll get taken care of in some way, shape or form. So true, man. So true. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming back on the Man Talk Show. I appreciate you and all the value that you always bring. Uh, some incredible conversations. And for all of the listeners that are out there, we're going to have in the show notes a uh, link to Cameron's talk because it's very powerful. Um, and such a great visualization. It's not very long either. So you can definitely check that out. Uh, anything else that you want to share that's up and coming, Cameron? I think you mentioned something with National Geographic that I that I would love to share out. Yeah, man. I mean, that that's coming up 2019. I'll be back in Colombia for a project. Aside from that, just excited, excited to be uh, spending more time in North America and doing a lot of uh, multi-sensory speaking engagements across there with a, a grand piano on stage. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really exciting times, man. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I look forward to watching more of those videos, brother. So uh, thank you so much for, for joining us today in this conversation. Do not forget to subscribe. Leave us a, a review. It goes a long, long way. And if you enjoyed this episode, man it forward. Share it with just one individual. We don't do any traditional marketing for this podcast. Podcast, and we have grown into one of the top 200 uh, podcasts just because you share the episodes. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all the people. Don't forget to tag me uh, when you do so that I can share you uh, on our platforms. Uh, so until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off. Join me next week for another inspiring conversation with another inspiring individual. 